Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And this is normally where I would say if you want to support the show, you can check out our Etsy shop. But our Etsy shop is actually currently closed in solidarity with the Etsy strike. You can read up about that if you want to. Basically, Etsy shop owners are protesting against the really exorbitant fees that Etsy is charging sellers, which we also don't love. (laughs) So yeah, our shop is currently closed. Yeah, we just wanted to give you a heads up on that. It's We were already shocked when we first opened our Etsy store about how expensive it is. Like, they take quite a significant cut. So, mm-hmm. yeah, them increasing that is really not cool. Yeah, and it and it's hard because it's one of the only kind of marketplaces for people to sell things that they make. So, yeah, I really yeah. hope that they'll listen to sellers are striking yeah it's nice to see like I feel like I've seen a lot of news about it so I'm hoping that it has a lot of traction in reality and and makes a difference so yeah yeah so anyway this week it's been really busy for Sophie and I and we wanted to just sort of do a catch-up kind of Q&A chat session instead of doing our usual usual critter for the the week so yeah we got some questions from listeners And we're going to talk a little bit about what we're up to these days. So hopefully you enjoy. Yeah, I think there's lots of life updates. So it's been a while since we really talked about ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with there were quite a few questions asking Olivia, what will you be doing for your master's? Okay, call me crazy. But did I mention it in our last episode? I can't remember because we did have a few people ask about it. Maybe you've mentioned recently that you will be doing your master's yeah (laughs) sorry we just got those questions and I was like how do they know where did (laughs) I (laughs) so yeah so basically I applied for a master's a while back and I got in but we weren't we were like waiting on funding for the project because um, in case you don't know at least here in Alberta and Canada the way our master's work here I don't know if it's different in other places but it's like a, a two-year program for my university. We usually do like f- two field seasons, give or take. And it's like you can do like a, a course-based master's or a thesis or a research-based master's. So um, mine is going to be research. So I have to come up with like a whole project and get that funded. And so most of the challenge is finding that funding. So it was like very uncertain for a while. But yeah, so I've been accepted and we're like good to go on a project this summer with Dr. Carol Frost's lab and I've been working in her lab for well I've been working like the past year as a research technician in the lab kind of sorting through all of the specimens we had from last summer's season and like I volunteered in the lab for many years before that but yeah I'll be working with her she's going to be my main supervisor but then I'm going to be co-supervised by John Inkhorn so yeah it's going to be really fun, I think. And I'm, I'm excited. And we're going to be looking at, uh, I, I'm really interested in urban ecology. And so I wanted to do an entomology, an insect focused project on urban ecology. So we're going to be looking at stormwater ponds, which are those ponds you see all around cities that are usually like for flooding mitigation or for um, mitigating like pollution runoff into water systems. 
So yeah, you have them a lot in like suburban neighborhoods, even just like middle of the city, like they're kind of everywhere, at least in my city. And they often have like a pretty diverse fauna in them, especially a lot of invertebrates. So we're going to be doing some pond dipping and checking out our focus species are going to be, or sorry, our focus taxa, our groups are going to be the water boatmen. If you don't know what those are, they're basically like little bugs, hemipterans, for those of you who listen to our show and know what that is, the little sucking (laughs) bugs. And they have like really enormous eyes and long like paddle legs. They're super cute, like really, really cute bugs. Um, And they actually make little vocalizations too. So they actually click and communicate with each other. Um, So we're going to be looking at that group. And then we're also going to be looking at diving beetles. So the reason we're only looking at those two is like, If anyone has ever tried to look at a group of bugs and try and identify them to species, it takes a really long time. It's very difficult to do. And so we're going to be collecting like probably hundreds, if not more specimens. And we have to like narrow our focus to a couple taxa. So yeah, those are the taxa we're going to look at. And we want to basically study a few things. Also, I should mention, this is like our current plan. It's very up to it's subject to change because we haven't done it yet as many research projects do they they change as you go but currently what we're thinking is we're going to be looking at just first of all like what species are there how many of them are there all that basic info we want to kind of find out whether the stormwater ponds these like built structures are mimicking natural wetlands anywhere around the province we have in alberta something really cool called the Alberta Biodiversity Monitoring Institute, the ABMI, and they basically, they're an independent organization that goes and does kind of like surveys all around the province to just get an idea of what species are where. So we have really pretty good data on the water boatmen and where they are. So we want to kind of compare what we find in our ponds to other places and see if we're sort of accidentally mimicking any ecosystems that are occurring in nature. We also want to look at how the connectivity of the stormwater ponds affects biodiversity. We're going to be partnering with the city of Edmonton to, they're, they're really interested in creating a city where our fauna, like our animals can move through the urban setting they're really interested in connectivity. So we're going to be looking a little bit at the connectivity of those those ponds and how insects might move through them. So there's going to be a little mapping involved in it probably. And then we're also looking at something called naturalization. So a lot of our stormwater ponds are, they, they used to have like mowed lawns around them. They didn't necessarily have a lot of plants around them, maybe some cattails, but that was it. So the city has been working on planting a lot of trees, stopping mowing. So the grass kind of naturally grows in and that's called naturalization. So we want to find out what the impact of naturalization is on the insects we're looking at. So yeah, there's, there's a few questions, um, a few, few even beyond that, but we're really sort of playing around with ideas right now. Sorry if that's a little confusing. That's the first time I've had to really explain (laughs) the plan and Yeah, but that's kind of like a long-winded explanation of what we're doing. It's going to involve a lot of pond dipping all summer. So I'm really excited. It should be good. That's cool. Yeah, I hadn't heard you talk about it in so much detail. That's really exciting. Yeah, 
Yeah. And like, it's kind of cool too, because like, um, my supervisor, John and I went to the river the other day because the water boatmen, at least some species will start out in, uh, if anyone doesn't know, so Edmonton has like a, the North Saskatchewan river that runs through it. So we went down to the North Saskatchewan and there's a lot of water boatmen that will sort of overwinter in the river. And then when spring comes, they all amass along the edges of the river, usually in slow moving areas, and they'll just start like flying everywhere and migrating and flying off into random little puddles and ponds away from the river and they're, they'll disperse that way. And it was really cool to see because it was like absolutely enormous numbers we were witnessing. And it was funny because we went at one point, like we, we walked down, we were like, oh, that's like a good number of water boatmen. And then we walked a little ways further and came back and like the number of water boatmen like had quadrupled or more. Like it, it was kind of insane to see just within the day the huge variation and there were all these like birds flying around and eating them it was really cool so yeah like definitely hop on by your nearby river if it's springtime where you are and see if that's happening there too it's kind of unfortunate though so it was like a low of minus 15 degrees celsius today here and it's like started snowing again i don't know what that is in fahrenheit but it basically it's like really cold and we're a little bit worried that maybe the ponds that the water boatmen flew to have now frozen over again. And we're a little bit worried about how that might affect them. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're probably fine because I feel like this has happened before in Edmonton, like almost every year. That we're like, oh, it's super warm. And then we get like a dump of snow again. And it's really yeah. freezing until May long weekend. That's a pretty normal Edmonton thing. The weather here has been really wacky the last few days. Like thunderstorms hail it actually snowed a little bit today which is really weird because the temperature was like plus five so i don't really know how that was even possible but i swear it was snowing and the other night on sunday night i was getting ready to go to a friend's house and i was gonna walk over and like just as i was about to head out the door it started hailing like pebble-sized hail yeah (laughs) and thunder it was it was really like a weird omen it felt like Ooh, spooky yeah i don't like that Very spooky. yeah at least here it's like ah it's snowing darn it <laughs> <laughs> like i yeah. feel like it's not super unusual but yeah we'll see once it warms up again we'll have to check out the ponds and see how they did hope it doesn't derail all my plans <laughs> that would be unfortunate so too yeah so that's kind of the plan at the moment I'm really excited to do it. I I just want to do science. Like I I don't think for me the what exactly we're looking at matters as much as like I'm just so excited to get out there and see things. Yeah, that's great. Do you want to talk a little bit about your program, Sophia? Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm also starting up my thesis work this summer. I'm in a very different program if you all aren't aware. I'm just finishing up my first year in the Masters of Fine Arts in Creative Writing at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. And yeah, the way that our program works is for the first year, you uh, just take courses and you start thinking about what you want to do for your master's and you apply for funding and for a thesis supervisor. And then, yeah, once kind of this time of the year rolls around, you start seriously thinking about and probably working on your thesis. So I've been assigned a supervisor now. I'm really excited. And I am going to be actually doing a TV project 
which is something that I actually already started in one of my courses this semester. So it's a one hour long family drama TV series. um, And I'll be writing a show Bible for it. So that's like kind of an in-depth concept of the whole show. And then writing two of the scripts. And yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying working in TV. It wasn't something that I came into the program thinking would become like a, a huge passion. I've always loved watching TV, but I never really thought about TV writing. Uh, but I took the course for fun in the first semester and I just totally fell in love with it. And yeah, I kind of am now aspiring to maybe be a TV writer. I don't know. It's it's wild. But I also love all the other genres so much. Like creative nonfiction is kind of what I came up doing, like journalism and podcasting. And I love fiction too. And I would love to write a novel. And I'm also taking poetry. So really doing a lot of things. But I decided to do TV for my thesis. So it's really exciting. It sounds so cool. Like every time you talk about your classes, I'm like, that sounds like way more fun. Like I'm going to be taking stats (laughs) next year. (laughs) And you're like doing poetry and stuff. It sounds amazing. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really creatively fulfilling. It's a lot of work (laughs) for sure, like different kind of work. But if you love writing, I mean, yeah, I I love the program. And I think with the thesis, it's so nice because you just get to spend like at least a year fully immersed in a project. And all my peers are just such passionate writers as well. And it's so fun to get together and write together and give each other feedback. And I'm really enjoying it. And I don't want to say too much about the TV show, but it's inspired by my family and like my grandmother, my mother and me and my grandmother, mother's experiences in Singapore. So it's it's really exciting. Like I've been able to connect with my mom a lot about it. And we've actually planned a trip to Singapore for winter break so that I can do research because now I have funding. So that's exciting. Oh, I didn't know that. I mean, yeah. when you were talking about it, I didn't know you actually planned it. We just booked it. My mom's a travel agent, so it's kind of like as soon as you mentioned to her, oh, I'd maybe like to do this, <laughs> it just happens. Like, she's so amazing at her job, so. Oh, that's Yeah, so we're going to be going to Singapore for, Singapore for, like, I think 10 nights, and then we're going to go to Malaysia because, yeah, her side of the family is Malay-Singaporean, and I've never been to Malaysia. Wow. And yeah, we're going to talk to relatives. I'll probably do some interviews. I might try to connect with some professors at the National University of Singapore and just wander around. Like, I just want my mom to show me where she grew up and places she used to go and her favorite food and everything. I don't know if other people have had this experience with kind of growing up in maybe in North America when you're when part of your family is from somewhere else and sort of that diasporic experience of like not really knowing what their life was like and not knowing this country that was like really important in creating the person that you are today and that's how I really feel about Singapore and Malaysia like I feel so disconnected from it even though that's half of my identity and that's the place that made my mom the person that she is and everything and so I don't think I appreciated it for a lot of my life but I really feel in a place now where I want to connect with her about it and I want to see it. And yeah, and also to tell that story, I think being Asian, I I always loved TV, but I never saw myself represented on TV. And 
So the idea of making a show that stars Singaporean women is so cool to me. <laughs> That's how how, to, how I want to use my voice. So, yeah. That was so great. I'm inspired. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was wonderful. I, yeah, I mean, that is such a big part of, I think, being in your 20s is finding different aspects of your identity to explore and to understand with more depth. And yeah. I think that you really, I don't know, the way you explained it just to- made total sense. Like, you've obviously put a lot of thought into it. And I just feel like I totally get it. Yeah. I think being Canadian, too, and having family members who sacrificed a lot so that you could be Canadian, yeah, it's such a weird position to be in because, yeah, my mom and my grandparents spoke Malay and... Like, I, they didn't they didn't teach me because, you know, oh, this is our Canadian kid, you know. But now I like I, I'm so sad about that. I, I want to connect with it. But I think there's kind of like a disconnect between generations with I feel like my mom wants me to be Canadian uh, mm. or she wanted me to be when I was growing up. And now I really want to know this other part of my identity. And so, yeah, I think it. I totally agree. It's. It's a big thing. And it's honestly been interesting because a lot of the show is from the perspective of like this mother character who's kind of based on my mom. And it's been such an interesting experience to kind of get in that character's head. That's something I really enjoy about fiction and just the empathy that it creates. It's interesting you mentioned language because that's something I can really relate to as well. Like my mom's side of the family is from Chile. And yeah, like we spoke a little bit of Spanish when I was a kid, like sort of basic, like certain words and stuff. But because my dad doesn't speak Spanish and um, we just never really spoke it in the house. Well, maybe not because, but I, I feel, we just haven't really spoken, spoken it in the house. Um, mm-hmm. And it was really nice when I went to university getting to actually like take Spanish courses and, and, and be able to like understand my grandparents when they spoke Spanish. Anyway, so that's that's what we're up to these days. Um, oh, I should have mentioned too. I'm doing my master's at the University of Alberta. I don't actually think I said that, but yeah, same same university I did my undergrad at. Sort of along the same lines, Miria asked us what we're doing this summer, and I think you have exciting summer plans. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I'm just gonna be here in Edmonton doing the research. Yeah, we're gonna be in town doing that stuff. But I hope I'm going to be going to the mountains a bit. My boyfriend works in a provincial park near the mountains in Jasper. So I'm going to get to go visit him and I get free camping there, which I love. Nice. I am am so excited for the summer. Like I I feel like never before have I felt such a like draw towards the season like I do this year. And I think it's just I so last summer I was working out in Ontario as a research technician and like, um, long story short, it was not a great experience. And like, I was unbelievably stressed and anxious and just like not happy pretty much for th- like the entire summer season. And so, mm-hmm. and most of my work was done at night. So I was like, yes, I was in nature, but it didn't feel like I was experiencing experiencing nature in the way I normally would in a summer. And so I kind of feel like I just skipped a whole summer 
And like in Edmonton, you skip summer and it's just like eternal winter. <laughs> like, Very true. So, or I guess I was in the Yukon too. But yeah, point is when you're in the North, you, you just have winter for so long. Like summer is four months and you better enjoy it. But yeah, so I'm just like so, so like, I can't describe how excited I am. Like just seeing the snow melt and hearing like the different <laughs> birds come in. Like I heard a robin and I was just like, oh my God, I'm so happy. <laughs> So yeah. I'm just like pumped to be like, you know, knee deep in a suburban pond with a net. I'm so excited. That'll be great. I feel so excited for summer too. I think because I had a fun summer last year, it was just like my my friend and I moved out into the city and got an apartment and I just have a lot of fond memories of going to the park and reading and like exploring the neighborhood and that kind of thing. And I I've just been so swamped with school, so much more than I thought, because probably a lot of people listening are like, how hard can a creative writing master's be? And in some ways, it's like, I'm sure a lot easier than a lot of programs, but it's just extremely draining. I write a lot of feedback letters, like reading so many people's work. I am a a teaching assistant as well, so, so a lot of marking to get through, and I'm just really excited to have the summer to just... I'm basically just going to be working on my thesis and yeah, and kind of just writing more for fun, reading for fun. And I'm just really, really looking forward to the break. I feel like I've been having that feeling of like, I just need to get through this week for like a year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like, <laughs> I, I've been working like three slash four with the podcast jobs for the past like four months and I finally like one of my contracts just ended and my other job ended today so I'm kind of in a like period where I get a little bit of a break for two weeks not a full break I only have one job now (laughs) so um but like just today I got home from work and I literally sat with the blinds closed in like my comfiest outfit And I was so tired, like, all I could do was just, like, watch the laptop on my chest. Like, it was, like, super close to my face, just comatose watching Parks and Rec and just laughing at every little thing. Like, I'm just so tired. I'm a little delirious right now. And just, yeah, having my little burnout moment. So I understand. Like, I was reading through my journal from this past year, just sort of as the term, as the school year ended, I looked back kind of from September till now and there was one weekend in during winter break where I was like I'm not going to do any work this weekend one weekend that sounds <laughs> and right. like I don't remember like a single other day that I took completely off like no even checking emails and stuff like oh obviously yeah. this is and I know Olivia can relate to this like this is just kind of m- my default mode and I'm so bad at work-life balance and just giving myself a break and everything, but... It's hard when you like what you do, too. Like, yeah. Because, I don't know, it's not like we're so miserable. Like, I mean, speaking mm-hmm. for myself, at least, like, I like the work I do. It's not that I, I'm i unhappy with any of the things I'm doing, because then I would just stop doing it. But it, it's definitely, like, we're, we, we're both a little hyper-obsessed with work. <laughs> yeah, same. I, I just kind of can't say no when opportunities come up, and then... But I'm at the point where it's like even social things feel like, oh, no, it's another thing I have to add to my agenda, which is like not what I want. So I'm really looking forward to the summer to be able to relax and then 
Also, my dad and I have been thinking of road tripping back out to Edmonton. Ooh, that's news. <laughs> yeah. So this is like one of the other questions we got, which we've we've talked about on the show before how we met. So I also went to the University of Alberta in Edmonton for my undergrad, even though I'm from Vancouver. And so that's where Olivia and I met at the student paper. So yeah, I haven't been to Edmonton since I, I guess it wasn't even since I graduated. It was like when I finished my penultimate year of school, I went to Glasgow in Scotland for a year abroad and then COVID happened and I haven't been to Edmonton since and Olivia has been out to visit me a couple times, but yeah, my, my dad and I want to road trip out. And actually, I don't know, I guess you wouldn't have gotten this email, Olivia, probably, but I got an email today saying that 2020 and 2021 oh. graduates <laughs> I did convocate. get that email. You did get it? Yeah, yeah. Can convocate in person <laughs> at the end of July. <laughs> Which is so funny. My friend and I were laughing about that today because we're both halfway through our masters. I know. It's funny. <laughs> I read it and I got like weirdly like like resentful at it. I was like, well, okay, so now you want to give us a celebration. Like I know. a little belated here, but it's not their fault, obviously. I graduated in <laughs> But I was like weirdly bitter about it. <laughs> like, yeah, that feels like forever ago now, even though it was just a year for me. I guess if we both went... Like, we could graduate together, which would be fun. That would be kind of um, cute. I, I initially was like, I won't go. And then my mom was like, you need to go. And I'm like, I guess if friends are there, I'll go. But Yeah, you know. already live kinda, there. You know, I don't know. It just feels a little bit like, like, it's a year later. Like, the, I'm, I did it. It's kind of weird to celebrate. A year I, know. I don't know. It feels weird. Like, it feels a little, like, late to the party and not in a cool way kind of thing. But... I appreciate that they're doing it. I don't want to hate on the U of A. I'm just like kind of, I think I'm a little bummed out that I never got any kind of party. And I'm like, well, moving on. Because you were 2021, which was a different time. Like 2020, obviously, like, you know, April or whatever, 2020 was awful. And I wasn't even actually in the country. But yeah, I think, I don't know, it could be interesting to acknowledge that my undergraduate degree happened because it seems so weird to have spent like five years of my life on something and then it just like weirdly fizzled out. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, whether you graduated high school or you're, you know, a, a university degree. It's just been like a really weird time, but I don't know. I might time my trip to be at that time just for fun, but Anyway, I'm I'm excited for that and and definitely spending a lot of time with my dad out on Saturna Island, which if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I talk about Saturna all the time. <laughs> and I'm hoping I can see some whales and oh. yeah. You know, I'm gonna have to see I need to find out like what my research schedule is and see if I can like make some trips out there. Yeah. To see you. you and Like I need to, I've definitely been feeling like the travel itch and not just like to other parts of Canada, but like, yeah, definitely to BC, but then also just like, I keep seeing people go to going to cool places and like snorkeling with like amazing animals. And I just really want to, I want to do like a fancy trip, but also moving out soon and I have no money. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Somehow, after working four jobs, I still have no money. Oh, my gosh. I don't know where it's going. Probably gas. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's been a long time. My mom, as I said, is a travel agent, so travel is, like, her number one priority. And 
it's been a very hard time for her and she's kind of just started traveling a little bit again but yeah I'm so excited for this Singapore trip because yeah I, I haven't been anywhere since I came back from Glasgow and it's a very first world problem but I definitely miss miss it and oh my gosh it'll be so nice to be in Singapore in the winter it'll be like 30 yeah. degrees <laughs> oh that's so gonna nice. be amazing like what, what a cool place to visit oh man I'm just so excited for you yeah thank you and I'm really really looking forward to it I mean fingers crossed who knows what could happen but yeah I have no control over the global pandemic <laughs> Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, Max and I have talked about going to Indonesia because he's got or my boyfriend Max, because he's got a lot of family there and they've wanted him to visit for a long time. And I I'd like to do oh that one gosh. day. I think it would be really cool. You definitely should. I mean, that's right. That's right next door. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I think it would be really exciting. But we need to find a time where we can commit to like a solid month to visit yeah. someplace like that. Like, I mean, the flights might be expensive, but staying in Indonesia well and especially if Max has well yeah and especially if his family is there yeah yeah. but even staying like in a villa and stuff is like really oh yeah oh yeah I definitely did the like you know looking at Expedia as though I'm going and (laughs) I was kind of shocked at how affordable it was so Mm -hmm. yeah that that place is on my list for sure also Texas randomly because I hear the wildlife's really good there and I've just kind of always wanted to go Yeah, and also fossils and stuff. I know. I really, I just, I don't know. I've been feeling the desire to go to the States quite a bit. We need to go on a tour of, like, everyone we've talked to. Oh, my gosh, like, California. I need to go to Monterey so bad. Yeah. I want to go to California and Texas. I want to go to Washington, see all the museums. Dang. We just need to go. We need (laughs) your mom to plan us out, like, an itinerary. (laughs) I I need this. Totally. (laughs) Actually, when you were talking about summer and the weather and everything, I was, like, thinking – I've been thinking a lot lately about, like, whether I'll move to California at some point. I don't know. Oh, my God. Like, if, what? <laughs> if I seriously want to pursue TV writing, yeah, um, I might go to L.A. at some point. And I'm sure there's listeners here who've probably lived in L.A., and I know that people, like, hate it <laughs> a lot of the times. <laughs> but I was also just thinking, like – I feel my best. I think I am like a summer person, like clothes, Mm. like that's my best wardrobe. That's (laughs) my best mental health. (laughs) Yeah. So I was just thinking like kind of daydreaming, like what would it be like if it was warm every day? Like would I get used to it or would I appreciate it? And I don't know. It's just very – if you live in Canada, you know – I mean, oh. I don't even live in Edmonton anymore, but oh my god. Yeah. I remember like I had never been out of the country in the winter before, and then my family when I was in high school went to Disneyland in like for Christmas, and like not mm-hmm. seeing snow at Christmas. Like I I knew to expect it, but it was still really weird. Like it was I was like this is kind of amazing. Like I just saw a yeah. bug over there. <laughs> what? Yeah, like, the idea of, like, living in a place where all year round you can go outside and find, like, just as much wildlife as you would in the summer, that's exciting. Y'all are lucky. And the plants and flowers. Yeah, like, how amazing. Like, there are times in the winter where I'm like, I just want to go on a nature walk, and I get that I can still see nature in winter, people. Like, you know, nature people don't come at me, but (laughs) it's not the same. Like, it just isn't, and I'm sorry. It's very beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but... 
it's it's just cold, man. Like we yeah. are regularly at minus like this winter was rough. We had a lot of minus thirty, minus forty days. How much is minus forty in Fahrenheit? <laughs> See, a favorite Edmontonian hobby is to brag about how cold it gets. Oh, I think minus forty Celsius is also minus forty Fahrenheit. I was gonna say, I think they converge at a certain point. Well, there you go. Oh wait, no. Okay, so it's minus twenty-two Fahrenheit is minus thirty Celsius. So yeah, it was very cold this winter. Well, should we maybe lightning round some of these other yeah, sorry, fun we, questions? I feel like, we, yeah, yeah, we should. <laughs> We've just been chatting, got, but I hope ta- it's I've been talking about life aspirations. I'm finding out about <laughs> all of Sophia's travel plans for the first time. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, oh my gosh. Me too. You can come pond dipping with me. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God, for like one hour. <laughs> We 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 um want to go to the Royal Tyrell again too. Oh actually. yeah, that's gonna be awesome. Okay, lightning round. Let's do this. So Charles asked, "What are your favorite marine animals in Animal Crossing: New Horizons?" I loved the oarfish episode we did. Like, yeah, oarfish are crazy. Like, I didn't really ever think about them before. That was wild. Also, the Great White Shark episode because it's such a like. I don't know, like a well-known animal, and I knew nothing about it. But yeah. I guess he's asking, like, favorite actual animals. Like, definitely oarfish, I think, is really cool. Oh, yeah. That was a long time ago, but they're amazing. I think mine... I always love a whale shark. Beautiful chef's kiss. And also the Venus flower basket. Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are just amazing. Like, I did the research for that episode and just was blown away by how cool they are. I would love to see those in, in real life. That would be cool. Those are like works of art. Yeah. And then Kira asked, if you were an Animal Crossing creature, what would you be? I'm not sure if this is like the villager characters or the insects, fish, and fossils. I'm going to guess the insects, fish, and fossils. Hold on while I Google a list of Animal Crossing. <laughs> We should do it for each other. Like, what do you think I would be in? Oh, yeah. I like that. Okay, hold on here. High pressure. Yeah, this is. I'm trying to think of a good joke, and I'm having a really hard time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think you would be one of the butterflies, but I'm trying to think which one. Mm. Maybe the Queen Alexandria's bird wing. That's a really cool one. I just, I know that that's maybe not, like, the most exciting answer, but you're just such a, one, you're, like, you're a very colorful person, you know, inside and out. Like, you dress colorfully, but also you're just, like, a really bubbly, fun person, and you're also definitely a social butterfly. Like, you have more (laughs) friends than anyone that I know. (laughs) And Aww, this is very you know, flattering. People, people like you. <laughs> <laughs> people also shoot me down with pellets. Or what, what was it? What did they shoot the Queen Alexandra's? It was like oh, mustard seed or something really yeah. crazy. They covet That's like you. the one fact I remember from that episode most distinctly. But yeah, I would I would say that. And of course, you're an insect. Like I, I wouldn't have it any other way oh yeah i have to be an insect it's the only option 
Um, yours is gonna seem less flattering, but bear with me. You are like a barrel eye because the barrel eye has a big brain. Oh wait, no, wait. Those aren't brains, those are eyeballs. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wait, no, I have to choose a different one now. Damn. I I I fooled myself. <laughs> it's such a shame. I mean, you can see its brain, I think. You can, but it's got a tiny brain. So it just doesn't work. <laughs> Give me a second here. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go with the same logic as the barrel eye, but this time it's going to be accurate. You're like an octopus because you're just so smart and you're so good at problem solving. And I'm just like constantly amazed at how many things you can do at once that you, I don't even, I'm not even aware that you're doing. And then you just drop things off. You're like, oh, hey, I'm doing, I I wrote a play and it's being performed. And I'm like, why why did you write a play? Just all your octopus arms are working in different directions and doing things that I can't even see. You're just getting them all done. Thank you. And I only live one to two years. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's, yeah. After two years, you just need like uh, a small break. Your single weekend break. In the winter. Definitely need that. That's where the metaphor applies. What a wholesome question. (laughs) That's a really good one. Very sweet. And then Amelia asked two questions. One is whether we have any new music recommendations since the last time we did a Q&A, which was quite a long time ago. But am I still pretty much only listening to Taylor Swift and Phoebe Bridgers? Absolutely. (laughs) Some things never change. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, since then, some really good uh, musical theaters come out. I'm a big musical theater fan, in case anyone didn't know that about me. I've been very much into the Tick, Tick, Boom album. Yes. Also, the new West Side Story, which I had super low expectations for, and it was amazing. It was so good. I couldn't believe it. Also, shout out, special shout out to the unofficial Bridgerton musical, which won Best Grammy for Musical Theater Album this year, which is crazy, because it's just these... Like, two unbelievably young women who, like, composed this entire thing on TikTok. And it's it hits. It's so good. <laughs> I was shocked. Like, it is legitimately a good, like, no-skips album. Okay, I've been wondering about that because I hadn't heard about it until the Grammys. Then I was like, I need to understand what this is. Oh, no, is. It, is, it is good. I'm excited to see what these women do next. So if you're a musical theater fan and you haven't listened to that... Um, you need to go listen to it now. That's so cool. I would say mine is that um, my most anticipated album of the summer is the new Muna album, like M-U-N-A. They've released two singles from it so far, Silk Chiffon and Anything oh, But Me. I love Those Silk Chiffon. are just like the best summer vibe songs ever and I'm just like, I think this is going to be the album of the summer for me for sure. And then I would also say, not the unofficial Bridgerton musical, but like the soundtracks of oh my Bridgerton. <laughs> the like classical music version yeah. of all the like tacky pop songs. I'm very into it. Yes, like the the Wildest Dreams one. And like, oh my God, they're just so, they're just perfect for like walk, going for a walk and pretending you're in a period romance which is like the mood that I'm always trying to feel so I love that for you yeah so those would be my immediate recommendations 
I like how honest we were about that. We weren't like, oh, we love this obscure, cool artist. Yeah. I'm like, I really like the TikTok musical. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's us. I also really like Tick, Tick, Boom mostly for Andrew Garfield, but like as not a musical theater person. But yeah, really fun. And then Amelia's other question was... What's your favorite fun fact you've learned recently that was not for an episode? So we tried to think of ones in advance, and I thought of one, and I already forgot it. Oh, (laughs) this is it. (laughs) I think you told it to me. (laughs) Yeah. So um, mine is that I learned that something called a Madagascar palm is not actually a palm. It's a succulent. And I learned this because I got a cute new plant from the Mutart Conservatory in Edmonton, which is like a massive greenhouse garden thing anyway point is i got it it was super cute and small and then i drowned it because i thought it was palm <laughs> and it's a succulent Aww. so don't o- overwater your madagascar palm this is kind of related but i i think i saw a tiktok that said that you know trees aren't their own like group they're all different but like you know sort of um convergent evolution oh what and i don't know if that's true <laughs> But I saw I don't it in know anything about plants. Man, we got to have Vikram on again and like ask him these questions. We, yeah. we need to listen to plant anthropology more and then we'd, we'd know things about That's plants. That's true. Yeah, we really, really are not giving enough attention to plants as much as they deserve. <laughs> Story time. So I was working at the like Matart Conservatory, as I said. And, um, I'm working as an interpreter, so like a tour guide, but I didn't have many shifts there. Like they mostly had me working at the nature center instead, which is more up my alley. So I'm like giving this tour to a bunch of people and like I gave them a heads up. I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to tell you what I know. And beyond that, I'll try and answer your questions. But like, I don't know a lot of things. And this like, we're doing this walk. And then this like um, older lady comes up to me and she's like, like, oh, like where like, I, there's a plant over there, and I, I don't know what it is, and it looks so familiar. Like, can you tell me what it is? And I was like, oh, okay, well, I don't, I can do my best. I don't know, really, but I'm going to look if I can see the tag. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yes, but it's an easy one. You'll you'll know it. It's an easy one. And I was like, okay. And I walked over, and I was like, oh, it's this. And I, like, read the tag, and she's like, no, it's not that one that's pointing to another. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she was like, no, but it's an easy one. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> It's just... She was testing you. <laughs> she was, like, really, like, adamant that it was something I should know. And I was like, I'm I, I'm so sorry. I'm just really underqualified for this job. <laughs> anyway. That's so funny. So that I got a little embarrassed by the, the lady at work. Anyway. So, yeah. How about you, Sophia? What's your fun fact? Oh, right. Yeah, I won't commit to the tree one because I don't know if that's true. This is a very specific fact, but I I don't know. It just really amazed me. So my poetry class, we were doing a lot of work around kind of this idea of poetic attention, which really parallels slash overlaps with artistic inten- attention and just the idea of really, really seeing the world around you and really looking and paying attention. And so as a class, we all went for a walk in the Japanese garden at the University of British Columbia, which is beautiful. If you're ever in Vancouver, I'd recommend going there. And so we went for a walk and we were just like walking around and we did some different exercises with like 
smelling things and listening to things. It was really nice. But yeah, the professor was telling us about how the curator for the garden curates the soundscape of the garden. So there's like, you know, it's a beautiful garden with like there's ponds and waterfalls and there's like little like gravel paths going around that you follow. And the curator like specifically chose that gravel for the the sound that it produces and then volunteers come and like constantly rake the gravel to get rid of any like pine needles or anything like that that would alter the sound wow and so it's like a sound art almost that's curated um and then same with the waterfalls like the curator placed the stones for the waterfalls in specific places to create the sound of the waterfall and just that level of sort of detail and attention to sound is so interesting because I'm really interested in sound. I've talked on the podcast before about hydrophones and a lot of my poetry collection is sort of about recordings and hydrophones and transcripts and listening. And so, yeah, I was just really intrigued by this kind of artistic attention to sound and creating like a sound experience as you're walking. Very cool. That's fascinating. I'm so excited now to go back and walk through that garden and pay attention to that. Because how cool. That's very, like, it's sort of the considerations you would put into something like a performance or a theater show or something, Mm -hmm. but then applying it to an environment that's not necessarily, like, an art installation per se. It's, like, actually, like, an architectural choice. That's really cool. I know. I loved it. I have been really sort of fascinated with Zen Buddhism and stuff like that. Like I was reading a lot about Zen Buddhism while working on my poetry collection. And yeah, I just love, I love the attention and kind of the thoughtfulness and, and quiet, you know, appreciation that's in so much of those teachings. So yeah, I I had never been to the garden before. It's the, it's the kind of place that like, if you're going to campus, people are always like, you have to go to the Japanese garden and I was always kind of like yeah yeah I'll go and then when I finally did go with my class which was like oh this is the coolest place so I'm excited to spend time there this summer too super cool great well I think we should wrap it up there it's been almost an hour (laughs) yeah oh my god well I don't know maybe people want to listen to us talk as though we're having coffee and catching up And if that's what you were looking for, then I hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Just just chatting, having a good time. I know I love a a chatty podcast when I'm doing dishes or something, so. Yeah, I feel like we should have opened this episode with that. Like, hey, if you just need a chatty episode, maybe save this one for when you need to feel like you're part of a conversation or something. Sometimes yeah. I feel that way. I know that sounds like weird and depressing, but sometimes I'm just like, I want to feel like I'm talking to people but not have to talk. Totally. And then I listen to Dear Hank and John usually to fill that void. Very good. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We will be back next week with a normal <laughs> Beyond Fathers <laughs> normal episode. episode. Yeah. Thanks for hanging in with us as we take care of our mental health (laughs) yeah seriously like take a breather sit in your comfiest clothes and watch parks and rec too close to your face i'm gonna do that tonight i was gonna mark more but i honestly think i'll no like 
pour yourself away. a glass of wine. <laughs> just chill out. Or make a matcha. I made this amazing coconut matcha today with David's tea. Oh my gosh. You want me to it's make a matcha danger. at 8.47 p.m.? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It never keeps me awake. Oh my gosh. You must be really like... I must be really tired. Yeah, because oh, if I have a matcha after like noon, I'll be up. Oh no. Yeah, I have like matcha before I go to bed. No, I shouldn't so do that. Funny. I need to stop. Okay, make healthy choices out there. Don't drink do matcha, matcha before matcha, bed. Though. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for your questions. Tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye. Bye.